Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, if you have your Bible, Second Corinthians chapter 5. So I started a sermon series last week on um, dealing with being down in the dumps, and I'm just doing a two-part series as we look at how do we deal when that melancholy overcomes our lives. That down in the dumps is actually a real phrase I talked about last week, which just means uh, melancholy or, or to be discouraged or despondent or, or depressed. How do, we, how do we deal with that when it comes in our lives? Well, last week we looked at how to deal with disappointment in our lives. And here, here's what I want to do today. I want to turn it a different way. And I want to talk about uh, dealing with discouragement in general. What I, what I want to talk about is one of those um, uh, Christian principles that we know and we can quote it in the Bible, but we're really not sure what it means or how to actuate it in our lives or even really how to live by it in our lives, especially when we get down in the dumps, especially when we get discouraged. And so I want to talk about this today, how to walk by faith, how to walk. That says Chronicles, but it should be Corinthians. We having a problem this morning up here in the place. Uh, uh, that should be Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 5. Ignore the Chronicles on there. Second Corinthians chapter 5. So I want to talk about that principle on how to avoid uh, or how to walk by faith when you are down and discouraged. Because here, here's what we know. We, we know as Christians that we ought to walk by faith, but we're not sure what that means or even how to do it. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to just kind of like when you were a kid and you had a, you had a coloring page and it was kind of colored by the numbers, what I want to do today is I just want to color in uh, the outline of how to walk by faith. So start, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll read there in just a moment, but give me a minute just to get there. Some people have bad luck. Some people are bad luck. Have you met those kind of people? Like, like some people have bad luck, right? Like just every now and then something bad happens to you if you believe in luck. But some people, man, it just follows them around. One of those people who are bad luck is a lady by the name of, who's now passed away, by the name of Violet Jessup. Violet Jessup was born October 1887, and she went on to become a nurse, and she lived until she was 83 years old, but man, it was an eventful 83 years. What do you mean by eventful? Well, in 1911, she got a job as a stewardess on the RMS Olympic. It was a luxury ship that was one of the largest in the world at the time, and it sailed out in September 1911, and as soon as it sailed, it collided with a British warship, the HMS Hawk, and took on severe damage and was sinking, but it was close enough to the port, it was able to turn back around immediately, get back to port before it hit solid bottom. Well, she happened to be 
on that ship. But she got another job on another ship that sailed on April 12th, 1914, and it was the RMS Titanic. You see where this is going, don't you? Four days later, after it sailed, you know the story, she survived on Lifeboat 16 after helping save lives and even uh, save the life of an infant baby that she took on and uh, with no parent. Well, she was rescued, she was saved and, uh, from the uh, ship being sunk, and in World War I, she served as a stewardess for the British Red Cross on the HMHS Britannic that was uh, the younger ship of the Titanic and had been converted into a hospital ship. And on November 21st, 1916, while it was out at sea, it struck a deep sea mine and sank to the bottom of the ocean within 55 minutes, killing 30 people on board. But she was one of the survivors. What are the chances that she sailed, had three jobs on three ships, and all three ships sank or nearly sank? Now, here is the most amazing part of the story to me. A few years later, she put in her application at the White Star ship line and went to work for them again. Can you imagine the captain of that ship welcoming her on board? Miss Violet, I'm just running over your resume here. It seems like you were on the RMS Olympic. Yes, I was. What happened to you? Well, it sank and, you know, it just, nothing good happened to it. All right. Well, I also see you were on the RMS Titanic. What happened? Well, never mind. I know what happened to this. Well, I saw you served during the war. We, we appreciate your service. You were on the HMHS Britannic and uh, what happened to it? Well, it struck a mine and sank too. Now, if you're the captain of that ship, how hard is it for you to say, welcome aboard to my ship? There's only one person that was on all three of those ships when they went down into the ocean, and it was Violet Jessup. And you can imagine that her frame, her fame, or her infamy spread around the ship, and the absolute entire ship would have been gripped by fear. I mean, the captain had to be thinking, what in the world can happen next? with Violet Jessup on board. And I read her story and I thought, hey, you know what? We feel that way sometimes too in our lives, don't we? That we can be in the midst of discouragement. We can be in the midst of depression. We can be in the midst of disappointment. And we look down the gangplank of our lives and here comes Violet Jessup walking our way again. Our hearts can become filled with that anxiety and when our lives and hearts become filled with anxiety, fear brings on anxiety, and anxiety brings on discouragement. And by the way, the Bible tells us that. It tells us that in Proverbs chapter 12. Anxiety in the heart of man brings depression. Fear leads to anxiety. Anxiety leads to discouragement and depression. It tells us that in Proverbs 17 as well, that a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up 
the bones or brings on discouragement and brings on depression. Sometimes you're dealing with the struggles of life and all of a sudden you look down the gangplank of life and right when you look down life, it feels like Violet Jessup is walking your way again. More anxiety is coming your way again. More discouragement is coming your way again. And it seems to just pile on that when you get that anxiety, when you get that discouragement going on, it seems like you just can't get away from it. And the question you always have, dear, in that time is where is God? In the midst of my discouragement, in the midst of my depression, in the midst of my anxiety, in the midst of my fear, where is God? I think it's a good time now to pause and can I tell you a few things about God? Number one, I want you to know that God is omniscient. You say, what does that word mean? It means that God has all knowledge. It means that everything God does has intelligence and purpose behind it. That God knows everything in himself, that God knows everything in his creation, God knows everything about history, that God knows everything about you, God knows everything about all of us. The New Testament even went on to say that he has the very hairs of our head numbered. Why in the world would God want to know how many or how few hairs some of us have in the room? Why? Because he just knows everything. He is omniscient. The second thing we know about God is this, is that God is omnipresent. What does that mean? That he is omnipresent. Listen, that means both in place and in time. That's a little hard for us to grasp. Psalm 139 indicates that God is present in every place. That not not only means uh, physical, don't think linear, that God is present everywhere, all the time, in place and in time. He is the inventor of time, and he can be where he wants to be in time, wherever he wants to be in time. And there'll never be a place, and there'll never be a time where God is absent. He is everywhere at all times. But number three, God is omnipotent. Omnipotent. I always want to say omnipotent after I do the other two, but he is omnipotent. Scripture affirms God's omnipotence by saying that God does whatever he is pleased to do. That nothing is too hard for him. His word is never void of power. So when he speaks, everything in creation obeys him. He has absolutely all power. That God has all knowledge, that God is everywhere all the time, and God has all of the power. He can do whatever he chooses to do. And so when I read all this, God is omniscient, God is omnipresent, God is omnipotent. When I read all that, I'm, I'm very much like, you know, what was the old song we sing? What a mighty God we serve. You remember that song? I very much want to sing. What a mighty God we serve, right? That God is all powerful, all knowing and everywhere, but that also creates a problem. And the problem it creates is this. If God is all of this, why do I have to go through hard times in my life? I like if God is all of this, and he's my God, and he's the Lord and Savior of my life, why do I have to go through hard times? Why can't God just wipe them out? Why can't God just get rid of them? Why can't God just move them along? Why can't God just rescue me? Why can't God just end my difficult time? If God is all of this, if he is the mighty God we sing about, why can he not just get rid of all of this? 
which leads us to a Bible principle you need to know. It's in Romans 1.17. Here's what it says. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Now hear me this morning. The Christian life has been designed to be a life of faith. And the reason it's been designed to be a life of faith is it's the only way God can create this in our lives with himself. Relationship. See, if the Christian life was all visual, he could not trust the relationship. If you could see and touch his power, if you could see and touch his person, if you could see and touch his knowledge, if you could see and touch his presence, we would serve and relate to him because of his majesty and magnificence. That day is coming. But he wants to be in relation, he wants us to be in relationship with him where we cannot see him, but we know he is there. We cannot see him, but we know he is working. We cannot see him, but by faith we operate in a relationship with God. And if he if we could see that omnipotence, if we could see that omniscience, if we could see that omnipresence, then we would not have a true and abiding relationship. And even in hard times, maybe even especially in hard times, God wants us to learn to walk by faith. So would you stand with me as we honor God's word uh, by reading it, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's read uh, about the first eight verses of this chapter. He says this, for we know that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands. Indeed, we groan in this tent, desiring to put on our heavenly, heavenly dwelling, since when we have taken it off, we will not be found naked. Indeed, we groan while we were in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed, so that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. So we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Paul has this passage on death and burdens and, and disappointments here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And then it's also a passage on faith. And right in the middle of talking about end-of-life issues, right? Right in the middle of talking about death, right in the middle of talking about us stepping into eternity, he, he pulls out this phrase and says, we walk by faith, not by sight. That is, I don't get to really see God. I don't get to touch God. I don't get to audibly hear God. And so I have to do all of that by faith because listen, when we're going through hard times, those things would be so nice, right? To get a visit from God uh, visibly in the middle of the night, to get a touch from the hand of God, to actually hear the voice of God, those things would be awesome. But in order to build that relationship, God has designed it so that we live by faith, we walk by faith. So what does it mean to us to live by faith or to walk by faith? Because I know here this morning, some of you 
you are going through a hard time. Some of you have discouragement. Some of you may even be depressed. Some of you have disappointments in your life, and you've got all these issues in your life that are bringing fear and anxiety and discouragement and fear and anxiety and discouragement. And right about the time you think you're about to get over them, coming down the blank gangplank again comes more fear and anxiety and discouragement. So what does that mean for us? How do we overcome that? We don't overcome it. How do we live in that by walking by faith? Can I give you five things this morning that it means to walk by faith? Number one, it means this, that I won't always know the next step. I won't always know the next step. It's hard to walk by faith anytime, right? But especially during difficult times. During difficult times, we absolutely crave the next step. I don't know if you've ever thought of this about this or not, but when things are going well, we don't care about the next step. When everything's going, going well in my life, I, don't, I care less about the next step. We're just kind of like, yep, all good. Take another step, all good. Yep, take another step, all good. Yep, take another step. It's all good. When everything's all good in our lives, we don't even care about the next step. We're not even asking God about the next step. We're not even talking to God about the next step. But in hard times, we become consumed with the next step in my life. When things are not going well, when I'm in a bad situation, when I'm in difficulty, I become consumed with the next step in my life. And here's what walking by faith means. Walking by faith means I may not know what the next step is, that God wants us to be content with walking with him moment by moment and trusting him with our next step. But we, we go to the Lord in prayer and we're like, Lord, just Tell me what's ahead. Tell me what to do next. Tell me what, what's, what you want me to do next. Tell me what's on the horizon. And he never does it. Because walking by faith means I have to live for God without knowing what the next step is. As a matter of fact, Jesus told us it was going to be this way if we'd paid attention. I, told, I, I quoted this to you last week, but what did he say? Give us today our, say it with me, daily bread. Not tomorrow's bread, not, not next week's bread, not next month's bread. Remember, the man who fell every single day. Why? He was teaching the children of Israel to walk by faith, to trust God today. And the reason we don't know what the next step is, is God is doing the exact same thing in our lives, that walking by faith means I trust God today, that I trust God with today's uh, daily bread. I trust God with today's provision, that I don't understand what t tomorrow may hold, but I understand that God is walking with me today. Walking by faith means I walk with God without knowing the next step, but listen, I trust him to guide me every step of the way. I don't know about you, but I can get a big case of the what ifs when I have anxiety in my life. Do you, does that ever happen to you? You're laying in bed at night all by yourself, or, or you're, you're somewhere all by yourself, and, and, you're, and you're thinking, well, Lord, what if this were to happen? What if the government were to do this? What, what if the world were to turn this direction? What if this were to happen to my finances? What if this were to happen to my health? And next thing you know, you've created this big what if scenario and you've worked yourself into anxiety and fear. And God comes along and says, uh, let's do this. I'm not going to tell you what the next step is, but let's worry about today's daily bread. Walking by faith means I won't always know what the next step is. But number two, it means this, 
that I have to believe in the goodness of God. When down and discouraged, it is sometimes hard to believe God is good. Now, let's just be honest. In good times, we believe it and rejoice in it. I mean, a minute ago, we just sang about the goodness of God. Man, when, when I'm healthy, wealthy, and we have no problem raising our hands and thanking God for his goodness is absolutely no problem whatsoever. But it's when things go sideways and we are in the valley of despair that it's hard to comprehend the goodness of God. Can I tell you what walking by faith means? It means we believe God is good even when our situation is not. Walking by faith believes means that I believe in the goodness of God even when my situation is not good. When my health is good, God is good. But when my health is hurting, God is still good. When my family is great, God is good. But when my family is failing, God is still good. When my, when my finances are, are awesome or when my finances are terrible, God is still good. When I'm upbeat and encouraged, God is good. But when I'm down and discouraged, hear me, God is still good. And walking by faith that I, means I believe in the goodness of God, hear me, not in a general sense, not in a general sense. But I believe God is good towards me. Walking by faith means I believe that he always has my best interest at heart even when I don't understand what's going on in my life. And this one truth will revolutionize your Christian life when you can understand that God is good no matter what. Our minds tell us God is good, doesn't it? But our heart tells us that God is sometimes good our mind will tell us theologically we can point to verses that we believe God is good but our heart tells us that God is sometimes good our heart tells us that when our circumstances are good that God is good but when our circumstances are bad is he really like I'm sure if you go back and read your Bible, I'm sure when Joseph was in the, in the pit that Joseph was thinking, is God really good? But yes, God was good. I'm sure Daniel, when he was being chased by Saul, was wondering, is God good? But yes, he, I mean, David, when he's being chased by Saul, he was wondering, is God good? But yes, God was good. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, I'm sure he wondered for a moment, is God good? But he came to the place where, yes, God was good. I'm sure Paul, when he was in jail, was wondering sometimes, is God good? But always came to the conclusion, yes, God is good. And if you're going to walk by faith, you can't do it without believing in the goodness of God. Not the general goodness of God, but the goodness of God towards you. Walking by faith, number three, means that I don't get an overview of what's happening in my life. I, we expect this. I'll prove it to you. You can't see this from where you are. But I just went on my phone and typed in Peavine Baptist Church to Patamal City Beach, where all God's children go on vacation, right? That's where, that's where we all go. I, I did it a few days ago, and, and uh, 
uh, what, what we love about Google Maps or whatever maps you may use, what we love about it is I get an overview and it, it tells me it's going to be just a little over seven hours, but it also tells me uh, there's, there's slowdowns in the Atlanta metro area. There are wrecks in the Atlanta metro area. There's, there's slowdowns when I get uh, uh, down here going into Alabama and along the line. Like I, I get there are all these uh, things, potential pitfalls and hazards that are between me and my destination. And so Google Maps gives me an overview and lets me alter my, rap, my, my route as needed. Unfortunately for us, God doesn't hand that out. We aren't going to get a preview or an overview, and that in itself can cause us anxiety. Because when you're discouraged, if you at least knew what was happening next, you think that would solve your problems. But hear me this morning, it would not solve your problems. If God showed me every bump in the road, if God showed me every detail, if God showed me everything, it would absolutely bring more fear. Instead, he says this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, follow me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Paul, who was discouraged, Paul, who was down, Paul, who had that thorn in the flesh, finally had to come, come to the point in life where, where God said to him, hey, Paul, listen, I'm not, giving, I'm not telling you how this whole thing is going to work out. Here's what I'm going to tell you, that my grace will get you through. And walking by faith means I don't get an overview. It means I have the privilege of knowing that whatever may come my way, that God's grace can walk me through it. That God's grace will be more than I need. That God's grace is sufficient for me no matter what's going on in my life. And walking by faith means I believe nothing can come my way that he cannot empower me to handle. Number four, walking by faith means this. That there's more than meets the eye. You ever been in a situation where you got a behind-the-scenes peek and uh, you thought it was simpler than what it was? Like, we always assume things are more simpler than they actually are. Church is that way. Church, church is that way. Like, the electricity could go off and people be like, well, let's have church anyway. Well, not understanding the complexity of what going of a Sunday morning that happens, right? You get to listen to three songs in a sermon, but you don't know how much is going on in the sound room in the back with the kids ministry and preschool and music practice and well over a hundred volunteers that are serving today. And people be just like, preach, brother, you know, just preach anyway. Well, the problem with that is you couldn't hear me. We've tried it. We came in here during COVID, and I stood up here without a sound system and tried to preach. And you can't hear me three rows past the, you can't hear me three rows back because there's no acoustics in the building whatsoever. And I'm only saying that to say that there's more than meets the eye. There's more than meets the eye. It's like that in a restaurant, right? You go to a restaurant and you order steak and broccoli and all you know is there's some guy in the back that cooks you steak and broccoli and brings it out to you, right? But you have no idea of the complexities. We, we're beginning to learn that a little bit, right, in, in America right now with supply chain management, HR and personnel issues, time management, scheduling, cleanliness, code and procedure and all that. All we know is we want our food and we want it correctly, meaning while you're at the table enjoying your meal, we are unaware of all that is going on to supply that meal because there's more than meets the eye. 
And that's a bad way to explain what's going on in our lives. But hear me, the same is true with our lives in God. When we are in a bad situation, there's a lot going on in the kitchen of the kingdom of God. We just can't see it. God is working when you cannot see him working. And walking by faith means I may not understand all that's going on, but I believe that God has stuff going on. And that's that's where this verse comes in. We love to quote. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God or are called according to his purpose. Now, we, we take this verse out of context because it's speaking to a specific group of people. It's not working for the good of those who God loves. It's for those who love God, those who are living out his purpose. But you get the idea of the verse that when your life is crazy, there's a lot of things going on in your life behind the scenes that are working out for my good you're down and discouraged because of your circumstances and walk by faith and that means trusting God is working behind the scenes of our life now hear me that doesn't mean that he's working it all out to get rid of your problems it means he's working it out for the ultimate good Whatever has your spirit broken, hear me, God's got a lot more going on than you think or can possibly imagine. He is not silent, and he's working on your behalf now. And that ought to get you out of the bed in the morning. Here's why, because you know God is on your side. How do I know that? Because there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. How do I walk by faith? I'm going to give you a fifth thing, but here are the four things. I, I, it means this. I want to always know what the next step is. As much as I crave the next step, I'm not always going to know it. It means I have to believe in the goodness of God, not just in a general sense, but that God is good towards me. It means that I don't get an overview, but I know that God's grace can get me through any of the pitfalls that come my way. And it means that there's more than meets the eye. Let me give you the fifth thing, and I'll quickly come to, as we color in what it means to walk by faith, it means this. It means I may not know the end. I may know the end, rather, but not the middle. I may know the end, but not the middle. It's like a Tennessee football game. You know they're going to lose. You just don't know how they're going to lose, right? I know the end, but not the middle. This whole passage we read is dealing with that end of our lives, death, our crossing. Paul is laying out the theology to comfort the believer at the time of death. And and look at what he says. Paul says, we know the end. For we know that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed... We have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands. Paul said, we know the end of the Christian life, right? Like, we get it. The end of the Christian life ends right here. We have an eternal dwelling place. Our bodies, our glorified bodies, like, we get it. That is how we end. Our story, if you know Jesus as your Savior, our story ends, culminates in eternity in heaven with Jesus. Eternal paradise, eternal joy, eternal love, eternal happiness. We know the end of our story, but hear me, for some reason... For some reason, it's easy to trust Jesus in the sweet by and by, but we have trouble trusting him in the nasty now and now. But do you know how backwards that is? That would be like trusting a banker with a million dollars, but not a dollar. 
That would be trusting your babysitter with your baby, but not your dog. It doesn't make sense for us to say, well, Jesus, I, I trust you with eternity, but I'm not going to trust you with this little speck of thing I called life in the middle. Paul said, listen, we know how this story ends. And as a Christian, you have trusted him with that story, with the end. Walking by faith just simply means I have to trust him in the middle too. Close your Bibles and I'm, I'm finished. Some of us has been around for a minute, you'll immediately recognize that photo. It's the it's Bill and, and Gloria Gaither. Bill and Gloria Gaither in the late 1960s, while expecting their third child, were going through a pretty difficult time in their lives. The, Bill was recovering from a bout of mononucleosis. It was a period of anxiety and mental anxiety for Gloria. And Gloria says the thoughts of bringing a, a third child, another child, into the world with all of its craziness was beginning to take an anxiety, discouragement toll on her. And she said on New Year's Eve, she was sitting in her living room in absolute agony and fear. Absolute agony and fear. She couldn't get things off her mind. Things like this, that the education system at the, at the time was being infiltrated with God is dead idea. Re remember, this is when you still said the pledge, or you still prayed in the mornings. Teachers still read their Bibles and now that was beginning to go away, and she was bringing small kids into this world, and, and she was, was causing her anxiety. Drug abuse was just becoming rampant. Racial tensions were everywhere. And Gloria Gaither said, while I was sitting there and Bill's sick, and I'm expecting, and I'm full of fear and anxiety, she said, a calming presence came over my life. And she said, it was like the Heavenly Father just reached down and saw my anxiety and told me it would all be okay. She said, the panic gave way to calmness and an assurance that only the Lord can impart. And she was assured that the future would be just fine, left in God's hands. And she said, I can't explain it. Just that night, something happened. And I put all my trust in the Lord. Not, not trust for eternity, that already happened. It was trust for tomorrow. And out of that experience, she wrote a hymn. A reminder that no matter what tomorrow holds, we know who holds tomorrow. That's walking by faith. Josh. Sing that chorus for us one time, just so we can hear the chorus. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. future and life is worth 
stand with me across the room? Because he lives, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but because I serve in risen Savior, I know who holds tomorrow. And I can get up in the morning and I can go to bed tonight and I know that my world may be crazy. And I know that I may be filled with fear and anxiety and discouragement. But here's what I know, that God is good, that he's got more going on than I can ever realize, that he's not going to tell me the next step. He's not going to give me the overview. But here's what I know. If this life never really becomes what I want it to be, hear me, I do know the end of the story. The end of the story is he holds all my tomorrows even until we get to eternity. Our staff's coming, and if you are here today and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ and you need to be saved, I'm going to invite you during this invitation to slip out and put your faith and trust in Jesus. Trust him with that eternal tomorrow. Maybe you want to join our church, move your membership here. They're here for that. But I'm going to do the, we're going to do the invitation a little bit differently. We've, we never, I don't think we've done this in five years since I've been here. We've never just sung together. But I thought it would be a great opportunity for us just to sing together, walk by faith, and declare, we know, we know who holds tomorrow. And here's what I want to tell you. If you're here today, you're here today and you're going through a hard time, you're going through difficulty, your circumstances are not what you want them to be. Hear me, I can't solve your circumstances. And that may not even be in God's plan for you. But God's plan is for you to walk with him every day and build that relationship and learn to walk by faith and trust him. And it may need, be that you need to come to the altar this morning and just bow your head and say, Dear Lord Jesus, help me to walk by faith and trust you day by day, no matter what my circumstances are. Father, draw us with your spirit. Trust in God even when I don't know what the future holds. Pastor Joel, what a powerful message that was. I'm reminded of the passage in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Here's the truth. We came out of 2020 thinking, man, this pandemic is letting up and now we are in, um, uh, we're heading into fourth quarter of 2021 and it doesn't look like it's any better than it was last year. And in, in times like these, it's difficult to trust God. And I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know what situations you've been facing, but in life, here's what we need to know. We, we can't see always what God is up to. I mean, we, we see what's happening in our life, but we can't see big picture and, and know exactly what God's up to. But here's what we know. We know the end of the story. And the end of the story is that we are His and He has our best interest at heart. It is our job to trust Him and uh, not, not just trust Him in, in, in the day-to-day -day situations in your life, but trust Him with everything that you have. And maybe you've never taken that step to trust Him with your past, to trust Him with your sin, and ultimately to trust Him with your future. And that begins with you understanding that, that you're a sinner and your sin has offended God. 
Whatever that looks like in your life, your sin has separated you from God. God loving us so much that He didn't want to be separated from us, He sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay for my sin and to pay for your sin. And we've got to be willing to admit that we're sinners. We've got to believe that Jesus died on the cross, that He was buried on the third day He rose again. And when He did that, He conquered sin, death, and hell um, for you and for me. And then we confess that to Him. And maybe you're sitting in your living room this morning and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. There is no better time than today. It begins by you telling God this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and that He was buried and that He rose again on the third day and He conquered sin, death, and hell so that I today could have a relationship with Him. Lord, I ask You to come into my heart. Take away my sin. Be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to You in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the first time and you meant it, we want to connect with you. Hey, here's the truth. None of us can do this Christian life on our own. We, we need each other and we want to connect with you. We want to help you take next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. And so, if you would, if you just prayed to receive Christ, if you'll click on the I commit my life to Christ button. We just dropped it in the chat box. Click on that button and let us connect with you. I'd love to call you this week and talk about the decision that you've made. Hey, if you already know Jesus, hey, let's, let's trust Him. Let, let's ask for His help. Let's ask for His direction. Let's ask Him, as Pastor Joel said, what's our next step? And, um, and be obedient when He reveals that to us. Hey, it's been awesome to be together today. I've enjoyed our time so much. I can't wait to see you next week. God bless you. Have a great week. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening. <music>